Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning again. It is the 7th of March. It is Monday. I'm just reminding us throughout the day today that this is the day the Lord has made, um, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Even as we weep with those who weep, we are going to be people who acknowledge and recognize that God is great and God is good. We're thanking Him for protection and provision today. Um, And I just wanted to say at the outset this morning, um, there's a four-year-old listening whose name is Tobias. And so, good morning, Tobias. I wanted to say good morning to you. I know that you are sitting there right now with your honey-flavored cereal, and your sweet mom um, is probably rejoicing right now with her cup of coffee, and I hope just delighting in the fact that you got a little shout-out. So you can tell your daddy again today that you were mis- listening to Mrs. LaBerge. I know you like to say my name. I like to say it, too. So there you go. Tobias, we have something in common. Um I uh, had the opportunity this weekend to spend time with many of you at the Set Apart Conference at the University of Northwestern, uh, St. Paul, and it was such a delight to meet you in person and to hear your stories and to know where um, where I am right now, you know, like in your bathroom or on the bus or driving to work or, yeah, serving breakfast to a four-year-old and a six-month-old. I love that. Thank you so much for including me in your day. It also reminds me, um, it makes me mindful, you know, of the language we use and the subject matter that we cover. And much of it today is very, very serious. And I recognize that. Um, As we talk about what's happening in Ukraine, let me go ahead and just kind of warn you of the images that are out there today. Um, So you just might want to be careful of having screens on today um, that little children can see because there are some um, very disturbing images uh, as the Russians have not resisted in um, protecting civilians. In fact, they have targeted them. So I will, um, I will leave that at that. Uh, what are we, the United States, doing? Lots and lots of questions uh, saying, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, we have lots of very powerful sanctions in place. We are also supplying the Ukrainians with all kinds of humanitarian goods and with lethal weapons. We are actively supplying them with anti-aircraft and anti-tank missiles and we are now, uh, our, um, our diplomats are working out the details, but we are right now working out a plan with Poland that Poland would supply the Ukrainians with the kind of airplanes they know how to fly, which are fighter jets that were actually built by Russia. And then we would supply Poland with the replacement uh, jets from the United States or from elsewhere in the world, wherever we can get them. So there you go. That is what's going on today. Now, here at home... Let me tell you what most people that I talk with are concerned about. One thing, the price of gas. Uh, AAA is reporting today that the national average of a gallon of regular gasoline has topped $4. $4.06 is the average across the country. A week ago, that number was $3.61. A month ago, $3.44. A year ago, $2.77. 
may make you wonder, well, hey, what's the highest price on record and are we getting close to it? Uh, highest price on record is from the 17th of July, 2008, when gas uh, was $4.11 a gallon. People in California uh, dream about that because in California, regular gasoline is going today for $5.34 a gallon. Um, and so I think you're going to hear a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot uh, about uh, what we're going to do to bring the price of gas down. You are going to hear um, action on the request by 25 states across the country um, for America to return to energy independence. You are going to um, hear from 25 different governors asking the federal government to remove bans on new oil and gas development on federal lands. You're going to ask them, uh, you're going to hear them ask that uh, the federal government would restart the Keystone XL pipeline, reinstate regulatory reforms that streamlined energy uh, permits, I mean, on and on and on and on. And specifically, you are going to hear lots of people demanding we stop buying Russian oil. But if we stop buying Russian oil, let me tell you which direction the price of gas goes. It goes up, not down. And so we are going to have to, for some period of time, live with higher gas prices. Let me just go ahead and say that. That'll be, you know, Carmen's prediction on this Monday morning. For some period of time, we're going to have to learn to live with higher gas prices. How high? I don't know the answer to that question. But I can tell you that the, even if the Keystone XL pipeline is restarted, it's only 10% built. So we got to build the thing out before we could begin using it. Um, it does have massive capacity, um, which would bring uh, oil from Canada to the Gulf Coast uh, to refineries there. And then, um, you know, we could turn around and, and pump it out to the rest of the country and even around the world and become an oil exporter instead of a net importer. All right. Um, that's going on here in the United States and around the world. We are going to turn our attention intentionally to Ukraine Jenny Lind Schmidt is a European correspondent for World News Group. She joins us next. Joining us now, Jenny Lynn Schmidt. She is a European correspondent for World News Group. Jenny, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell us, uh, tell us where you are and what you're covering. Well, I am back in Switzerland now. I'm based in Switzerland, but I had the opportunity um, this at the end of last week on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I was in. Poland um, in Krakow. I flew into Krakow and then went out to um, the border. Um, Medikia is the town on the border. And then I was in a city a little further away because I wanted to go and see for myself and for world's readers and listeners what exactly is going on there. So we'd love for you to take us there. Tell us a story of who you met, what you saw. Oh, I will tell you. So I uh, we drove, it's about... Um, 
it's about three hours out to the border. And I had a driver who took me. Um, he's Russian originally, and he moved to Poland. He's a believer, and he moved to Poland a few years ago. And that was really interesting. That's kind of a side note, but it was really interesting to have just his thoughts and perspective as we as we drove out there. Driving on the freeway on this three-hour road on the other side, we're driving east, driving west, bus load, you know, the big coach buses, like, you mm -hmm. know, like big travel mm -hmm. company buses, bus after bus after bus after bus, looking across filled with people and knowing like, oh, wow, these are people leaving Ukraine. And then on our side of the freeway, there was bus after bus uh, filled with blankets, sleeping bags, you know, you're kind of trying to look in the windows as they're going by um, and supplies to take into Ukraine. So when we got out to uh, the border, um, I stopped and was able to talk to someone at the refugee center. Poland has done an amazing job. They set up uh, 27 refugee centers in a week. They set all this up. You can tell it's still kind of, they just, they got going and got it put together, but really amazing that they were able to do this as places for when those refugees, you know, they come across the border, either in their cars or on the train or on foot. Um, and then they have a place to come. They get, one of the first things they get is a SIM card. So they can put in a new SIM card, be connected to the Polish system, and then keep in track with people that are back in Ukraine or family where they're going to going on to and then they have a place to rest eat sleep a little bit before they go to wherever they're going and that's a that's another conversation but but when we got up to the border we was able actually to get pretty close to the border crossing and there's just a huge long line of cars trucks um buses filled with stuff supplies i saw a, one group of men um busily loading stuff into um, from one car to another to take across the border because they're just running out of food and basic medical supplies, diapers, stuff that kind of the everyday usage stuff in these zones that are cut off by fighting. And because other parts of Ukraine, they, um, they haven't been able to have normal deliveries, right? So there's fewer and fewer things of food on the shelves. And so there's a people and for the most part, Till now, it's it's private citizens that, or they know somebody in Ukraine, and and ministries, um, just getting stuff to go across. And then on the other side, just as I said, buses of of people coming west, and those are for the most part uh, moms, women with kids, uh, men of fighting age from from 18 to 60 are no longer allowed to leave Ukraine. Ukrainian citizens, I need to specify, are not leaving Ukraine because they are called up to fight. So a lot of, of women with kids, some small kids, and in the refugee centers, and then um, afterwards in, in Krakow at the airport, um, a lot of moms with kids, families with, you know, they're holding plushy toys and they have one little suitcase. And that's what they've had to leave with. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with a woman. We met, she had, uh, her name was Anastasia. And she had left with her three-year-old daughter. She's from a city north of Kyiv, 
Um, and she left on Thursday. The invasion started on Thursday, I believe it was on Friday. And for she, like most people that I spoke to and the stories I've heard, most people thought, oh yeah, there's gonna be something, but it'll be to the far east. They really felt safe in the center of the country. And so the fact that you know, she thought, oh, okay, you know, this is, there was an invasion happening, but she started hearing about shelling in a residential area of her city and thought, I need to leave. So she left, she drove, she drove to a friend's house in the country and thought she would stay there for a while and then heard about military movements in that area. So kept going where someone, she knew she had family near Chernobyl, she could stay with them, but then the, there were supplies of gas. There's not a lot of they're running out of supplies of gas in the center of the country. So she ended up taking a train and got as far as Lviv. And then from there, a friend of hers was able to borrow a car and drove her to the border where she crossed on foot. So I saw her on the side of the road with her three-year-old daughter and a little backpack. And she said, yeah, this is what I asked her, what's in your backpack? She goes, uh, I have my laptop for work. She's a recruiter for an international I, um, recruiting firm for the IT sector. Um, and so she has her computer. She had a blanket, a little bit of clothes for her and her daughter, some food, which she said most of her food she forgot in the chaos somewhere along the way. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and yeah, and she, she has a friend. She was going to go to, she was going to meet a friend. We ended up offering a ride and we're able to do that and give her a ride but you know can you imagine she's like okay stranger along the side of the road but just um and she was really strong I could tell she was being very strong for her daughter but her mother is was currently visiting a brother in Russia these two countries mm. it's like it's like yeah it's family like it in Canada it's back and yeah. forth yeah so yeah, absolutely um, Wait, Jenny we have to take her. a she's, yeah oh sorry yep no, that's okay. We just need to take a very, very brief break and come right back to this conversation. I know everybody is hungry for more. Jenny Lynn Schmidt is a European correspondent for World News Group. She's just returned um, from Poland, and she's reporting to us today from Switzerland. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. We're praying today that um, the third offer of a ceasefire and uh, humanitarian corridors for refugees to leave particular cities in Ukraine. Um, we're praying that that would be upheld today by the Russians. Um, earlier ceasefires have not held as the Russians have targeted civilians um, as they were seeking to leave. We're talking right now with Jenny Lynn Schmidt. She is a European correspondent for World News Group. She's just returned from Poland where she had the opportunity to meet people fleeing from Ukraine, as well as those who are hosting them. So Jenny Lynn, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm sure you have other stories. I, I am reading headlines where news media um, have been targeted. We, uh, we've, we've seen video of a Sky News crew that was targeted and then you know shot by um, Russian soldiers. We're seeing reports that the Russian people are not any longer getting the news as there's a new media law in Russia. I'm just wondering, as a member of the journalistic community, um, what are you seeing that sort of stands out to you in terms of efforts to cover the story? Well, I most of all, this 
this whole situation has underlined to me again the importance of media, of reliable media, um, and paying attention. Um, I had opportunity to talk to, as I said, some Russians um, in Poland, and talking about what you know what is going on in Russia that um, that people don't know, and. They just, he talked about just the propaganda that's being forced out. The, the media is controlled completely by the government. And independent, there is independent efforts. A lot of those are, are have been squashed largely in the past couple of years. Um, so I think there is a desire. But he also talked about the, a lot of the older generation get uh, news from the television that is controlled. Um, and, and maybe don't make it the effort that they should. Um, he said the younger generation are easily distracted by entertainment um, and, and don't really pay attention that they should or kind of were lulled into indifference until suddenly mm. it's too late. And I was really struck by that thinking how easy it is to just kind of write it off. Sometimes the news is complicated and to follow and pay attention. And I think there's a balance because we can, we can fall into the trap of, of the 24 hour news cycle that can be wearing down. And I, you know, as Christians, we need to know the news, follow the news, but read the newspaper or the, the internet or listen to your show with our Bibles open as well. Um, and to have that perspective, that eternal perspective, that it's, it is discouraging to read the news, but we know who's in control. So what is God doing here in this situation? And what is the tiny little part that he wants me to do personally? So helpful. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here um, on this program each and every day. So um, I'm guessing that you have given some thought to that in relationship to what you experienced in Poland, the people you met, and the things you see happening you know, how do you as a believer bring the scripture to bear on um, on what you're experiencing and seeing and hearing? Well, I think, you know, we, uh, some of the huge swaths of, of the political scheme, you know, I don't, I, I think we need to be involved citizens and to know what's going on and to uh, share with our congressmen and our senators, our elected officials, what you know, what we see as, as um, important to us, but bringing it back down, um, you know, I, as a believer, I am called to help the homeless, the widows and orphans. Okay, the women leaving now, some of them are not widows, but some of them will be soon. And so what does that look like? I cannot save all the Russian, or excuse me, I cannot save all the Ukrainian refugees fleeing, but maybe I can save one or help not save. Um, but yesterday, um, I, I live very close to the border with France and the region of Switzerland where I am. So I attend a French church. And so yesterday I had the opportunity just to, to share with my church what, um, what is going on. And I think, I'm sure for a lot, well, a lot of us, even here in Switzerland, France, it's, it's, it's very much on everyone's mind. And yet it's still kind of distant. And I wanted to just share, like, this is not that far away. And Poland has done an amazing job of taking in, uh, well, a couple of days ago, it was 500,000 refugees. I think that's gone up now. You know, it was a million refugees had left. Now I think it's like a million and a half. The a number in the short amount of time is just mind boggling. 
and other countries, another half million have taken in, but, and it's amazing, but that is just the beginning. That mm-hmm. is just the beginning. And it's been kind of stunning to see how the European Union, which often drags its feet on a lot of things, has pretty much cut the red tape and said, come, just come, we'll figure it out later. Um, and so just I have the opportunity to, um, to share about some of the efforts that are going on and some reputable ministries that are bringing in supplies, but also ask people to pray that what God, he might um, be calling them to do individually. Maybe there's someone who has space that they can open mm-hmm. their home. And the thing is, is nobody knows for how long this is, right? The conflict is still going right. on. Um, and this we've, morning we had a call from someone who wants to, who has an idea. So that's, um, it was really encouraging. I love that. I love that. Um, we're going to have to leave this conversation right here. I'm hoping you will join us again. I would love to. Thank you so much um, for having me again. Absolutely. You guys can read what Jenny is writing and posting at WNG. That stands for World News Group, WNG.org. You can follow her on Twitter. Um, Right now on her Twitter feed, there is a video of a Russian POW that is pretty extraordinary. I encourage you to watch it um, and to read the translation. Um, You you will be encouraged and inspired. You can also find her at Jenny Lind Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-T-T dot com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. So listening uh, to Breakpoint today, I'm just reminded of the need for endurance, the need for endurance as as Christian believers in the midst of a world that is fallen and dark and corrupt. Um, And so when was the last time you felt like giving up? I mean, have you felt like giving up recently? I mean, we're not enduring in the kind of situation that John Stone Street just just described uh, of those girls held captive held captive in Nigeria and have harrowing stories to tell, um, but you're enduring something. You're enduring something. There is something you are enduring um, that needs you to preach the gospel to yourself today. So we can do hard things. We can, and you can do this hard thing, whatever it is. And you're going to be different on the other side of the hard thing that you're enduring because suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope never disappoints. There's a man named Daniel Ritchie who knows a lot about hope because he is a man of character wrought through perseverance born of suffering. And Daniel Ritchie joins us next to talk about his new book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. Joining us now, Daniel Ritchie, 
We're going to talk about his brand new book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. And yes, I'm going to tell you right at the outset, we are giving away copies today. If you want to enter the drawing for a copy of Endure by Daniel Ritchie, just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Daniel, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, good morning, Carmen. How are you doing? Good morning. Um, I am well. A severe, uh, a line of severe thunderstorms has now passed my um, house, and so I am, um, I, I'm feeling much more at ease than I was an hour ago. Uh, understandable. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. that a severe set of storms is coming our way here in North Carolina. So we're we're, we're buckling up. <laughs> oh yes. Up. Yes, it is. Buckle up. It's on its way. Absolutely. Um, um, <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I will pray for you. What I prayed for me was that the wind would stay high, and that's what happened. So there you go. All right. Um, all right. I'll take talk that. With, talk with us, Daniel. Um, so there's this importance about being seen and heard. Um, on radio, you're going to be heard but not seen. Um, how would people be uh, experiencing this conversation differently if they could see you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the most clear and, and apparent uh, characteristic about me is the fact that uh, that I don't have uh, either arm. Uh, I, w- I was born without both my arms, and so uh, I do everything with my feet. And so that usually uh, captures people's attention the first time they see me. That's for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and so it does help um, pretty quickly bring me to a place where I say that's probably a guy who knows something about um, endurance. And so Mm. when I see the title of the book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run, and I know who you are, it helps me immediately understand that you have something to say on this topic. So what, um, what, what have you learned about endurance? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that so many of the things that that have mattered in my life, I think just even from from a physical standpoint of just trying to be a a fully functioning independent adult using my feet as my hands, that that was a long process. But then I think also coming to Christ as a teenager and and trying to dispose of so many of the insecurities and the hurts and. Um, I think a flimsy foundation of personal worth, like that, that was something that God very slowly and carefully wrought in my heart. I, I think over, over the few years to come, it wasn't, it wasn't instant, like God, God very carefully and enduringly, I think brought about so many of those things that matter to me as, as a believer. And it was, uh, it, it was slow work, but it was good work. And I, and, and I think that's the reality for so many of the things that, that we consider important. God is at work, but oftentimes not as quickly as I think our, our convenient soaked hearts expect. I think we want that, um, Damascus Road experience, and then everything changes, right? In a matter of a couple of days. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, Paul had to endure something for a couple of days, and then, you know, right, he got over it. Well, that's not true. Paul endured a lot forever, and you use him as mm. one of your examples of endurance in the book. I like um, I like that. Again, the book is Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. Daniel Ritchie is the author and our conversation partner now. We're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Talk with me about the examples that you use in the book of endurance, Paul, Abraham, and Joseph. Yeah, I mean, here's all men that that God has used in, in amazing ways, but all men with um, I think to your point about Paul, all men that had stories on the front end, like before the miraculous, before the ministry, before before the platform, you know, Abraham wandered and waited. Joseph 
was uh, accused of wrongdoing, even though he had, he had done nothing wrong, was thrown in prison, waited so many years to go from pit to prison to palace. And, and I mean, same for Paul. I mean, to, to your point, um, you know, meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, you know, suffers temporary blindness for a few days. But then has to has to go back home because nobody wants anything to do with him and, and just sort of sits a- alone for two years and, until Barnabas comes and tracks him down and, and then begins to m- disciple him, mentor him. And then all Paul knows in, in his ministry to come is, is both proclaiming the gospel, but then suffering. And so there's a lot of waiting there's a lot of God molding and shaping these men on the front end of their ministry and even in the midst of their ministry. And I, I think for us to realize that, um, that, that in those times where we feel like we're waiting, it's not that God is distant. More often than not, God is at work, and I don't think we tangibly see those fingerprints. And so I think to look at those three men and, and to see um, their, their lives and, and to know that that is just as much true of us. God's at work in the wait. God is at work in the wait. Uh, Chapter 10 is waiting well. Um, God Mm. is at work in the wait. Uh, Daniel Ritchie is a person familiar with um, endurance, and his new book is Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. Daniel, talk with me about chasing after God. What does that mean to you? Um, and, and, And then I'm going to ask a question related to that. Who are Teague and Elliot? (laughs) <laughs> oh man, so so chasing after God, um, I I think for us it's just more often than not in our faith, um, man to to just daily to wake up and to go God I'm I'm gonna give you today, um, I'm I'm gonna give you my attention. Um, I'm going to give you, I, I understand we're all very busy, but God, I'm going to try to give you time today, whether that's time in prayer, time in the word, time where I'm going to tell other people about you. Um, God, I'm going to give you my joys. I'm going to give you my hurts. Um, I think pursuing God is just, Paul describes it in Romans 12, I'm going to offer up my life as a living sacrifice. And so I think for so many of us to endure, it's just the daily choice to do just that. Um, and then Tegan Elliott, those are my two amazing kids, my, uh, my nine-year-old boy, mm-hmm. my six-year-old little girl that I uh, just shuffled off to school uh, a few minutes ago. But man, <laughs> they, they truly are, man, they're, they're uh, the light and life and energy of, of the Richie household. Um, and man, just, just incredibly thankful for those two. That's for sure. I love that. We're talking with Daniel Ritchie. We're talking about his life. Um, his experiences of endurance, his new book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. You can find Daniel online at danielritchie.com. We're also giving away copies of his book today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. When we come back, I'm going to ask Daniel um, the question that really sort of opens the conversation in the book. Why is it hard to endure? If you're enduring something today, you're going to want to know the answer to that question. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. We all have things in this life that we must endure. Um, What I'm enduring is different than what you're enduring, but how we are enduring it in Christ uh, can be very, very similar and has lots of threads that we can pull together. Daniel Ritchie puts those together for us in his new book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. Daniel, talk with us about why it's hard to endure. 
Yeah, I mean, well, number one, I, I don't think many of us uh, appreciate uh, suffering, and so I think sometimes it's it's the trials, it's the it's the suffering, it's the tribulations we experience that that at times have an ability to to trip us up and 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 to cause us to just throw our hands up and walk away. Uh, but then I think too, it's it's also hard for us to endure because we live in a world that that is just so incredibly comfortable and easy. You know, it's like we we live in a world where we can order DoorDash and and have, you know, a meal delivered from our favorite restaurant in, in 15 minutes to our doorstep. We can uh, ask the smart speaker in our kitchen any question that we can think of and, and have an answer in, in five seconds. I mean, we just, we live in a world where we get everything in the immediate and, and something that, you know, in the book I refer to is we, we live in a culture that has this microwave mentality that if I can't get something instantly, it's not worth it. And um, and I think that instantaneous expectation doesn't necessarily meet the speed at which God works. God certainly does work in the miraculous, for sure. Um, but more often than not, when we look at His work in us, um, it at times it's almost so slow it's imperceptible. And so I think for us to to endure is for us to, um, like we were just talking about, to just daily choose to chase him, choose to trust him, and then to just watch him work over the long haul, knowing that that he's not distant, but but he is working, moving, he is with us. And and I think to set our hearts to to that sort of speed at which God works. Yeah, faith faith being that assurance of things mm-hmm. not seen in this particular moment, but confident of the God who is able and willing and good and gracious and present and powerful. Um, I think keeping my focus on who God is and the character of God revealed in Scripture and in the lives of others and in my own life, like, right, keeping mm-hmm. focused on that instead of allowing myself to become totally obsessed with whatever it is that... Uh, that I'm suffering or, or having to endure. Like part of this is having my focus in the right place. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think to, to not focus on, uh, you know, pain and trial have this very blinding capability in our life. We can focus on those. Um, but I, but I think for us, and, and I drilled down a lot, um, on this in the book, it's like, we have to cast our attention both to who God is, what God is doing and what God is calling us to do. And even if that's just an hourly or a minute by minute casting our eyes towards that, um, I, I think that that's how we begin as as believers to endure well, to make our faith uh, robust enough to, I think, last for the long haul and, and for it to not just be a flash in the pan. Yeah, I feel like that's what you give us in the three chapters on read the word, honor God in every step, and and then the chapter on prayer. I think that mm-hmm. is all about putting our focus in the right place and gathering together the resources that are necessary to endure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's our, you know, uh, Scripture refers to it. As, I mean, especially when we look at Scripture, that's our spiritual food. And I mean, same for our opportunity to to go to the Lord in prayer, to lay our burdens before before Him. I mean, it's like God has given us so many of these daily rhythms that I think supply us and sustain us. And so it's like, if if we're looking ahead to, to what could be 
a coming spiritual famine for us or, or spiritual calamity. We can't wait till that happens, you know, to, to, to fill ourselves up, to build ourselves up for, for the long haul, for the hurt that's ahead. We, we have to be faithful. Um, uh, again, I think like that picture in Joseph, I, th- I think to build um, the storehouses, you know, to store the goodness of God away in our hearts and lives before that calamity, before that trial begins to happen. Mm, amen. Amen. We're talking with Daniel Ritchie. We're talking about his brand new book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Haul. We're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing. Um, talk with us, Daniel, about uh, every endurance, every suffering, every trial is is ultimately endured alone, but I'm not alone. You talk a lot in mm. here about the importance of of community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I I think 2020 very much so exposed that, you know, for, for, I think the American church, it's like so many churches were able to pivot very quickly, do online service, do online worship. And, and it was incredible. It was incredible to at least be able to sit underneath the teaching of the word. But I think in, in those first few weeks, we, we realized very quickly, there's no replacement for the body of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and so it's like God has orchestrated and built us so so that way as as the body of Christ, as the body of believers, um, we, we have parts that support us, that complement us, that hold us accountable, that encourage us, that love us. So many of those things cannot happen in, in an online capability or it, it can't happen at a distance. It's it's something that has to happen in the midst of of life on life, loving, serving one another face to face. And um, I think for us to realize that that is just as much important as important in 2022 as it was two years ago. And, and so I think for us to, to faithfully realize, um, Paul says in Galatians, that God has given us the opportunity to bear one another's burdens so that we can fulfill the law of Christ. And so I think for us to, to be willing to lay our burdens at, at others' feet, um, but then I think to also be able to come around those in our lives that are hurting, that are suffering, and to be able to carry their burdens along for whatever they have to face as well. Talk with me, um, Daniel, about, you know, resisting the temptation um, to avoid people who are in the midst of a trial or suffering, right? Not not because mm. I think it's catching, but because, you know, my life is already full and busy and um, that's going to be a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so many times like we fall into the trap, like when somebody's hurting or, or if they've experienced loss. I know my heart always goes to the place of what am I going to say? Like, mm-hmm. what, what, what can I, what can I say to, to make this better? And, um, and man, and, and I've, I've been in ministry 21 years and, um, and, and when I look back on those times when, when I, as a, as a pastor, as a friend stepped into someone's life, they never remember what I say at all. Like it, it doesn't matter if it's the, 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 the biggest lump of wisdom I've ever had in my life. They don't remember that. But they remember I was there. They they remember that that I walked with them, um, that I suffered with them, that I cried with them. And so I think for people listening this morning, for for us to realize that it's like, as as God has called us to have compassion, literally that word means to suffer with. Um, it doesn't matter what you say. 
I, I think we just have to be present. Um, we just have to listen. We just have to cry. We have to weep. We have to lament. We have to celebrate you know, just even, even the small graces of God that, that people are experiencing. Just go and be present. Let, let God work out the rest. He'll give us the words or the lack thereof. Um, but we just have to be faithful to love and to come around those who need us when, when they are just in the midst of just such great loss. So helpful. Daniel, as always, thank you so much for who you are and the way you're living out your life in Christ um, with, uh, with other Christians in community, the way you're raising mm-hmm. up a new generation of believers in your own family, and the way you're sharing your gifts um, through, through speaking and writing. You guys can connect directly with Daniel at DanielRitchie.com. His brand new book, Endure, Building Faith for the Long Run. We're giving away copies today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. Daniel, thank you so much for being with us today. Carmen, it was so good to be with you again. Blessings. Oh, that's, that's mutual. Thank you so much. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Depending where you live and depending what news outlet you're listening to, some of the things that are going to top the news today, um, the aftermath of tornadoes across Iowa, right? The news, uh, the news closest to home is always the news that strikes us closest to heart. Um, lots of people paying attention not only to what is happening in Ukraine. European Union officials are saying uh, that Europe is expecting 5 million people to flee from Ukraine. It's a nation of 44 million, and so that means that there's going to be 39 million people uh, continuing to try to live um, under very aggressive Russian assault. You're going to hear today that Russian tanks have moved into Kiev um, and are targeting apartment buildings in the capital city. You're going to hear today um, that um, the prime minister of Israel is now seeking to be the latest in a series of uh, diplomats around the world. Um, The Pope has failed to find a way uh, to diplomatic peace. The United States has failed. The UN has failed. Um, The list is long of those who have tried, um, including uh, the French prime minister. I mean, just the list is long. And so um, let's hope that the prime minister of Israel uh, makes way where others have not made way. Let's also uh, pray that the ceasefire to allow for um, people to leave cities under siege. Let's pray that those ceasefires would hold. And then let's pray that resources would be provided for people on the move, uh, for the places that they land, and for um, resources to arrive in Ukraine and then find their way to be distributed among uh, among people. It is um, day 11 um, and I don't know how many days this is going to last, but it is going to hold our attention for some time. So let us be praying the grace of God and his mercy um, on each person involved and that God and that God would open the eyes of Putin's heart. I'm praying for revival. I hope you're praying with me, even as others today are praying. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. You've been listening to Mornings with Carmen. You can 
catch a rebroadcast of this and a podcast uh, that you can share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. You can also do so on the Faith Radio app. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.